Good morning. It's 11 minutes before 8 a.m. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW in Sitka. Today is Wednesday, October 13th, 2021. I'm Peter Apathy with Raven News. When the Sitka Assembly met last night, it voted on second reading to authorize the sale of the former Sitka Community Hospital site to the Southeast Alaska Regional Health Consortium, or SEARCH, for just over $8.2 million. SEARCH plans to expand its long-term care unit and build a residential apartment complex on the property. In the proposal SEARCH submitted to the city, the consortium estimates the project will cost around $38 million, including the sale price. The Assembly approved the sale on first reading in August. Before the final vote, the public weighed in. In last week's municipal election, about two-thirds of Sitka voters cast their ballots in favor of selling the hospital properties. The public vote was advisory, however, and the ultimate decision still rested with the Assembly. The sale authorization passed 6-1 to on final reading, with outgoing Assembly member Valerie Nelson opposed. We'll have more on the Assembly's decision to authorize the sale of the hospital on Raven News tonight at 518. A Sitka police officer shot and killed an injured bear yesterday as it attempted to flee a residential area near Blatchley Middle School. As KCAW's Tosh Kimmel reports, a local ADF&G biologist says the incident was likely a result of improper garbage disposal. The Sitka Police Department received a call at around 10 a.m. Monday morning that a bear was sitting in a vacant, fenced-in lot on New Archangel Street and would not move. According to Lieutenant Jean Achi, the bear became agitated after being unable to free itself from the enclosed area. It charged toward one of the officers, broke through a fence, and unfortunately, because of the nearby school, the safety of uh, you know the, the neighborhood was was paramount, and the officers took action, which resulted in the euthanization of the bear. Achi says the school had already been notified of the bear and was essentially in lockdown at the time. The officers hoped to wait for fish and game to arrive on the scene, but had to make a quick decision once the bear started moving. You know, we were we were uh, hoping that uh, fish and wildlife or fish and game would respond and, and handle the situation, but. Uh, you know, because, see, we got the call at uh, 10.08 in the morning, and the bear was uh, had to be put down at about uh, 12.50 in, in the afternoon. The officers were there for two to three, you know, almost three hours before they had to take action. Uh, Wildlife management biologist Steve Bethune says the bear, which was suffering from a severe neck wound, had been frequenting the area near the middle school for around six weeks. Do the bear had a... Uh, piece of 550 cord wrapped around its neck. I can only speculate I'm, I'm, that it had a, a loop tied in the cord and it was likely in, in somebody's garbage and, and the bear at some point unfortunately got, got its head th- through that loop and uh, probably when he was a smaller bear and, and has grown into it and it was, had a pretty, pretty good infection going all around its neck. The death of the bear has renewed debate over how to deal with bears who come into town looking for food and become, quote, problem bears. While some condemn the euthanasia of bears and call for their relocation, Bethune says it's not that simple. So I work largely by myself uh, when it comes to those kind of things. And like I said before, it's, it would be very difficult to um, track that, you know, to get within range and successfully tranquilize a one specific bear. It takes several minutes for the drugs to take effect, so it 
you know, who knows where that bear could end up in the three to five minutes before the drugs uh, finally put it down. And then potentially you've got a situation where you've got a six to 800 pound animal that's not near a road. So getting it into a vehicle and transported someplace. Bethune says ADF&G has found that over the years, bears that have been relocated generally return or die soon after release. He says that even if he had been able to track down the bear and safely tranquilize it, in this bear's case, the next step may not have been relocation. It was already a unknown um, habituated bear in town, so there would have been some uh, real serious um, discussion on whether to um, actually treat the bear or just euthanize it, and I like, likely would have just euthanized it. Bethune says the bear was not considered a public safety concern until Monday, and reiterated the importance of proper trash disposal in order to better protect Sitka's bear population and humans alike. The thing I'm going to keep hammering away at is that improper trash handling is bringing bears into town, and unfortunately this, this bear is kind of high profile because of that injury, which was a result of, of getting into people's trash, likely. Bethune says even those who don't have a shed or bear-proof garbage can can get creative by using electric fencing, taking their waste to the local transfer station, or calling Fish and Game for specific suggestions on how to handle their trash. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Tosh Kimmel. Some Alaskans are starting to see their $1,114 permanent fund dividends, with some already reporting pending deposits scheduled for this Thursday, October 14th. That's according to the State Department of Revenue. The department projected last month that PFDs would go out this week for people who signed up to receive them by direct deposit. No direct deposits went out to any accounts on Monday since it was a federal holiday, according to department spokesperson Genevieve Watusik. Banks may process the deposits differently, but Watusik said, quote, We are hopeful Alaskans will see the funds in their accounts before the end of the week. Paper checks are slated to go out the week of October 25th for Alaskans who did not sign up for direct deposits. An estimated 643,000 Alaskans will receive dividends this year. Juneau Public Libraries has selected An American Sunrise by Joy Harjo for its Big Read program, a kind of community-wide book club. The launch event at the Juno Douglas City Museum featured examples of Harjo's poetry read aloud and one of the last chances to view the Echoes of War exhibit about the internment camp at Funter Bay. Shelley Delaney reports. A storm raged outside, but it didn't stop determined, dripping patrons from tromping into the city museum. Kira Cook was one of the first to arrive. So I've read Joy Harjo before, and I was really interested in what her new book of poetry, and I'm interested in reading more of that. And then just, I've never been to the City Museum because of COVID and the pandemic, so I thought this was a great way to get some Joy Harjo in, but also visit a place I haven't been. Generations later. Because of the pandemic, the museum wanted to avoid gathering people inside to hear readings of Harjo's poetry. Instead, they created a soundscape of her poems to play on a loop through the overhead speakers. Harjo is the first Native American U.S. Poet Laureate. To our home place from which we were stolen in these smoky green hills. Yes. That's the voice of Juno-based author Ernestine Hayes. The soundscape featured 22 recordings of poems from An American Sunrise, recited aloud by local writers, actors, and artists. Hi, uh, 
my name is Zenazun, Jordan to Uza, Tlegu Hutanislan, Natalia Den Hutanislan Listo. Hi, I'm Jared Olin. I'm Koikan Athabaskan, and I'm from Galena, Alaska. Jared Olin is an actor who is currently doing an artistic apprenticeship at Perseverance Theater. He recorded a reading of the poem Beyond in Harjo's native language of Muskogee. I, I took a course on her native language. Um, my native language is Danaka, um, and that's of the Koikan Athabaskan people. Um, and we have the same pronunciations, we have the same like sounds in our languages. The soundscape of An American Sunrise was not only a celebration of Harjo's poetry, it was also meant to augment the exhibit Echoes of War, Unaga Internment During World War II, now in its final days at the City Museum. Echoes of War told the largely ignored story of the Onanga people who were forcibly removed from the Pribilof Islands and interred at Thunter Bay in southeast Alaska from 1942 to 1944. The poems and the exhibit both spotlight the history of forced displacement of Native people. I just caught the tail end of a poem that uh, was speaking to these green hills, which reminded me of, you know, just like our rainy landscape here thinking about how foreign that could have been to Anangan people who were displaced here or relocated here. Jonas Lamb teaches English at the University of Alaska Southeast. He joined the library's effort in order to introduce his first-year students to Harjo's poetry as well as the history of the Onanga internment. Yeah, Harjo's work really explores this idea of just being dispossessed of your land and of your culture and of the place that you draw strength. Free copies of An American Sunrise are available at all three locations of Juno Public Libraries. The audiobook can be checked out on the library's mobile app as well. It's read by the author herself. The last day to view the Echoes of War exhibit at the City Museum is Saturday, October 16th. In Juno, I'm Shelley Delaney. Petersburg voters this month overwhelmingly supported bonding to overhaul and increase local electrical generation capacity. The bulk of the $7.8 million in bond debt will pay for a complete overhaul of the borough's hydroelectric plant at Blind Slough. The city of Petersburg installed the small hydroelectric plant on southern Mitkoff Island a century ago. Most of the equipment there dates back to the 1950s. It produces about one-quarter of the community's electricity needs and is Petersburg's cheapest source of power. Over 82% said yes to the debt, which will mean rate hikes for local electrical customers. A portion of the bond will add another standby diesel generator used during hydro outages. And that's all for Raven News for this hour. You can listen to or read our stories again on our website at kcaw.org. Well, thanks so much for tuning in. Hope you're having a great morning. This is Morning Edition on Raven Radio, KCAW in Sitka. It's coming up on one minute. 